All right, everybody, welcome to the uh, inaugural or the maiden voyage of uh, FinTech Fridays. Uh, Brian View, President and COO of FinLocker. And we'll be streaming this uh, video podcast on Mortflix um, every Friday. So um, this is episode one, so don't, uh, don't grade us uh, uh, too harshly. Uh, this is a learning experience for me. I'm usually on the other side where uh, my friend Andrew's sitting and I'd like to introduce Andrew Pollack, the founder, co-founder and CEO of Lead Pops. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Brian. Excited to be here on the maiden voyage. Yeah, man. Um, it's going to be fun. No Titanic visions, right? <laughs> I think we'll, we'll be able to, to sail smoothly here. Right on. This is uh, what, I, what I told some folks. Uh, this is just going to be two dudes talking today. So uh, I've, uh, I've, I've loved watching uh, Lead Pops, what you built over there, what you continue to evolve and grow, and um, always uh, have great respect for, for what you've done there and thought this would be – who better to come on, you know, day one, episode one of, of FinTech Fridays than uh, Andrew Pollack. So thanks for joining us. I appreciate that, man. I, right back at you with Finlocker. Uh, just seeing what you guys have, have developed. And, uh, you know, I always like stuff that, that complements what we do, obviously. I have that. Uh, there's a bias in me that looks for tech and tools and strategies that makes what Lead Pops does work better. And I, I believe FinTech is def, uh, Finlocker as a FinTech solution is definitely one of those. So thank you for that. Glad to be here. So that's a good, a good segue. Um, you know, our, the title of this show is FinTech Fridays. Um, so happy Friday, everybody. Um, and, and what I thought I would do is, is ask you, what the heck does FinTech mean to you? When you hear that term, what, do you, what does it mean to you? That's a good question. <laughs> um, all right, so, so great way to start. FinTech to me is the technology uh, to not replace people, but automate a lot of what is cumbersome and clunky and not really the greatest consumer experience in many situations when you look at the amount of back and forth the amount of repeated tasks just the amount of mistakes that can happen uh technology right there's for, there's pros and cons to everything but in many ways technology is compressing the time to close a loan it's making things more convenient uh, it's making providing documentation, proof of identity, all that kind of stuff, just much more streamlined for consumers, removing a lot of the headache from the mortgage process from, from buying a house um, and using the tech that we have today to, to just empower consumers to, to make that stuff happen a lot quicker and a lot easier. And also for obviously the loan originator, you know, the impact that's going to have uh, as time goes is is significant, right? It will there will be shakeups in, in different jobs that will no longer exist. But what that what does that do? Obviously, it creates new opportunity for other other uh, endeavors or other positions for people. Um, and just looking at overall, you know, the tech we have with us every single day, our phone primarily, we're plugged into that thing. Even even if it's not a direct link to the brain quite yet, it's right there with us. It's close. Right. And uh, it does a whole lot for us. So just using the tech we have to improve the process for uh, lots of different things related to financial and, and mortgage. And there's it goes so deep, you know, but uh, I would say kind of at a high level, that's how I would look at it. I love it. I, and you hit on something early in your, in your description. It was consumer experience. And I, and, and I think um, 
I think a lot of us assume, you know, or, or make the assumption that the consumer experience in our process is already, you know, desirable, right? Delightful. But I, but I, when I do, when I think of FinTech, I think of it the same way. I think how there's, there's a, there's an element of a process. And in our world today, the mortgage process is very much a, a, a process. And there's an element of that that's very manual in nature, especially when we talk about exchanging information and documents and things like that. When I think of FinTech in the, in the, in the, uh, in, in the scope of process, I, I think of it the same way. How do we improve the customer experience, um, leveraging technology, connecting uh, the players uh, from a technology perspective? And, and uh, so I love, that, I love that you brought in consumer experience because I do think that's a, a key aspect of what I would define FinTech as. And I'm looking forward as we you know, have uh, subsequent episodes hearing others uh, kind of give their opinion on what the heck fintech means because it means a lot and it means different things to different people and it, and it probably depends somewhat on which seat you sit in. Um, you sit in an interesting seat because you're you really are at the top of the top of the funnel, right? From a from a company yeah. perspective, from a platform perspective, and so I, I I think of you know some people may not necessarily think that. Uh, a company like Lead Pops is a air quote fintech, right? Because where's the finance in in the in the experience? But at the end of the day, like I said, you are at the top of the funnel. So when you think about the consumer experience and how you and, and Lead Pops creates that experience for consumers on behalf of your clients, maybe just talk a little bit about what you're trying to solve for uh, in Lead Pops at the top of the funnel. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, that's a great question. So with with fintech you know I, a lot of people start to think oh connecting my bank accounts pulling in all the numbers automating all this process that all has to has to start somewhere right it has to start with a, a a relationship with that customer in some way shape or form it, it doesn't doesn't mean you have to have spoken with them necessarily for them to say use your app but that relationship is is still really important for our clients you know automation is great they don't want to auto automate themselves completely out of a job, right? So automation is fantastic to, to, you know, compress the amount of time it takes to close a loan, uh, you know, do, do more business because you've got tools and tech that are automating a lot of the process, but you still want to be that advisor. You still want to be that expert, that consultant that consumers are, wanna, are going to want to turn to instead of a, an FAQ section on a website or a video that, provides everything for them, you know, top to bottom. So we want to put our clients in a position to engage with more consumers, right? That whole idea of getting to the consumer first, consumer first is a pretty hot phrase in the mortgage world. That's important, but getting there first doesn't matter a whole lot if you're not converting those, those opportunities into actual tangible clients, into relationships, into leads, right? So that's where we play. We like to find ourselves in a position where we're connecting our loan officers, our mortgage clients uh, to consumers at a much higher rate. There is literally trillions of dollars in lost business. When you look across, across the web of traffic that hits websites, that hits landing pages, folks sending out emails, doing posts on social media, and it all it kind of turns into nothing. And, and the consumer was there. The eyeballs were there. They saw your, your content. 
you just didn't have a good way to convert that customer into an actual conversation. And that's what we're solving is that click to lead conversion. It's critical. Most people don't know how to do it. You know, we've worked with some big companies in the space to develop these strategies and these solutions and the same tools and the same tech is applicable to LOs trying to generate their own leads or doing their own marketing. Even if they don't have a huge marketing budget, these same strategies work really well. So the challenge we're solving is we want more people to do apps, to, to use your, your tools and your tech, but you've got to connect with those people. They're not just going to show up out of nowhere and download your tech and use your tools. We've got to get that stuff in front of them. And a lot of times the first step is to speak with them, to talk to them, have some sort of communication. Then you text them a link to download the app or the tool, and that kind of flows through, and, and the process goes forward from there. But that first connection, converting them from a click into a lead is critical. You know, by lead, I just mean anyone that's serious or, or interested in, in potentially doing business with you. It, it could be now. It could be in several months from now. Uh, you know, obviously, for the most part, clients are most interested in, hey, give me the people that want between 60 and 90 days are looking to do something. So right. the folks that are in market currently are the hottest opportunities, but that's not to say someone that might buy a house later this year, uh, you know, this summer, this fall is not a great opportunity to get in front of those people early. So that's what we're trying to do is just connect our clients to these leads and do it the same way Zillow does it, do it the same way LendingTree and, and Bankrate and these big companies are doing it. And then... You've got a bigger pipeline. You've got more people to work with. You've got more people you can now introduce to your app and your tools and your super awesome rocket-like mortgage app that streamlines the process. That's fantastic, but that loan app doesn't fill itself out, right? <laughs> Consumers don't just jump into your 1003 application because it's so convenient. You still got to push them into that once you've talked to them and you've developed that relationship. It's a great service tool. Many of these things that I see in the, in the fintech space are great service tools, great for automation. It's not necessarily the, the start of that relationship. It's where you drive people once you've started talking to them, and it's a tool you can use to uh, make that process more streamlined for them, but it's not necessarily the kickoff to the relationship. We're the kickoff to the relationship. We're trying to get you in touch with more people and talking to more people that are interested in doing business with you, and that's what our products and our solutions are meant to do. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit deeper because, you know, when we talk about a company's website, and it really doesn't matter – what industry or what product the company is, is selling. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to your perspective on when is, what's the right balance of information on the website versus too much, right? Uh, because I think there's, there's, this, there's this fine line that, that uh, marketers straddle where you wanna answer questions that perspective clients have as they come to your website, and especially if they are asking and looking for more information, it gets them more engaged. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you want to convert. And, and part of conversion in many businesses involves a face-to-face, -face, a phone call, some kind of human interaction. And so I'm curious, is, is there like a, a method to the madness? Is there some science behind when is too much information uh, on a website going to drive consumers away from you versus not enough. And, and, and how do you think about that? Okay. That's a, that's a good one. So, so balance is, is critical. There's examples of this stuff out there that I, I would, I would point to so people can see not just it coming from me, but it, it in practice in the real world out in the wild where you can see this stuff for yourself and they're like, Oh, that's how they did it. That's really smart. That happens a lot. People have these aha moments when you start to point out like, Hey, check out how veterans United does their calculator page. 
super interesting. You're going to start to notice good content calculator sprinkled all over that page in about at least half a dozen different spots. They have buttons and links that pull you into this gamified lead form process. So they give you content, they give you information, they give you something valuable, great calculator, it's interactive, does a lot of cool things. But on top of that, they layer in call to action links and buttons all over the content. So as you're playing with the calculator, it says, hey, want to get a rate quote? See what you qualify for. Click here. Oh, okay. You click that button, pulls you into an interactive question and answer sequence that asks the right questions, the right kind of way, the right messaging, the right colors, the right amount of questions before they start asking you for stuff. You don't want to really give up like your contact information. There's a whole psychology to that stuff. And that's what we do. And we've studied that stuff. and We've tested it out using, you know, some of our bigger clients to develop our SaaS product. So that's, that is how we recommend looking at content and information. It's just, Hey, give them something good. But every so often, as you scroll down the page, you want to include a call to action link and a button that has a good, compelling call to action that says, Hey, find out if you qualify, see if you're eligible. Hey, find out how much money you can save, calculate your savings, see how much home you can afford. All of that layered into the content as I'm reading every so often, every paragraph as I scroll down, layering that call to action link, you're going to start to see people, they read, they watch your video, they got a little nugget of information, you solved something for them, they feel more comfortable, they click that button, that button now pulls them into a sequence of questions that doesn't feel like a loan application. It's not just give me your contact info because we call that going for the jugular. A lot of people will just bounce as soon as they see the first questions are give me your information personal information. So there's a sequence of questions that you want to ask. There's a sweet spot in terms of the number of questions that you ask. And that's how we look at content is just replicating some of what these big companies are doing. And you're going to see lending tree doing this exact same thing. Great example of a, a big robust content resource online is the mortgagereports.com. That thing's got more content on it than pretty much any other site I've seen in the mortgage space. How do they monetize it? How do they monetize the traffic? You're going to see call to action links all over that thing. And they're usually, they're even dated. That'll say like, hey, find out if you're eligible. Today's mortgage rates on 4-20-2021 or whatever that date is. They inject it into the content and they pull you into that process. So have all the content you want. Educate your consumers. But don't leave out the calls to action and don't leave out the next sequence, which is what do I want to get people to do? Be realistic. They're not going to do a loan application just because you had a nifty video on, on VA loans, right. right? That's too much of an ask. But, hey, you want to see if you qualify? Click the link below. It only takes about 60 seconds. They click that link. Then it pulls them into a sequence of questions that is logical based on why they clicked in the first place. So they start to understand why you're asking those questions. It makes sense. And at the end of that process, there's the natural conclusion is, okay, give me your information so I can help you out and see if you qualify. So everybody could do that exact same thing. It's buttons and links. Have right. great content, but layer buttons and links that pull people into some way to engage. And it shouldn't just be a loan application. Even if you have a really cool rocket-like loan application, that's not a good first step to convert traffic. Yeah, I think, I think you've, you hit on a couple things there. You, you talked about um, what the big companies are doing. Right. And, and specifically, you talked about how they're doing it and what what tools they're using, you know, buttons and links. I've heard you talk about that a lot and I love it. Um, I think one of the coolest things uh, about Lead Pops is that you, you help, you know, you can help the smallest of small companies, a single owner operator have the same uh, consumer experience, use the same techniques that the, the big tech, the big mortgage companies are using. Right. Um, and so maybe that's a, a good place to kind of talk about the ecosystem, the tech ecosystem yep. 
about because you're you've got you've got the front end, you've got the 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 the, the street view, if you will, right? Um, but then there's the front door, and then all the rooms inside the house that that I, I believe you want to have some kind of continuity in terms of user experience, consumer experience through the through the tech stack. Do you have a thought on? You know, I know there's a ton of mortgage tech out there. Obviously, FinLocker is, is, a, is a mortgage tech. But what do, you, what do you think about in terms of optimizing a tech stack for an originator when, when you have it in the lens of the consumer experience? How important is it to have this, this kind of connected, uh, consistent consumer experience throughout your tech stack? Or is it even important? It's, it is. It is critical. And, and that is, you know, that is what the bigger players have internally. They've developed a lot of this stuff on their own because they understand that journey. And, and especially when you're doing the consumer direct lead gen, right? In market, 60 to 90 days, those are some of the best leads you can get, right? The people that are, that are serious about getting financing because they found a house they like already and now they're looking to get that mortgage payment uh, figured out, right? So that those are great, but that's not all you're going to be getting when you're doing direct to consumer marketing. You're going to get people that are six months out a year out those are still good leads but now you got to nurture them now you got to incubate you got to do something with those leads so crm is critical a crm that understands marketing automation and how to follow up with your leads for you uh sending out the right text message on that first text that goes out is critical uh, a text first approach is something we we recommend ongoing drips and communication should be part of that sequence logic that understands based on what information do we have about that consumer so we're not just putting everybody into the same bucket and sending out first-time homebuyer emails to people who have, are buying their second and third houses, right? We are immediately go into, that's noise, I'm turning that off, I'm unsubscribing, you're sending me stuff that's not relevant to my experience. That, that's a challenge for, for a lot of loan officers. They try to set it and forget it, they automate it but they're doing it in a way where it's like you're just checking that box because you know you should be doing but did you really did you really optimize that experience for the consumer uh staying in front of them right and i'm going to bring this up because I, I believe in it not just because we're on a on a podcast here together but the finlocker experience is is i think you're solving something that only some of the biggest players out there are are getting into you know right like the biggest biggest players when i say that i mean something like lending tree so can we replicate the experience that a big company like LendingTree is is offering minus the selling of leads and selling of data? I don't right. like that, but they're really good at capturing people's information and they're really good at monetizing that consumer and kind of staying in front of those people so they can get the most out of that relationship they've created. So something like FinLocker sitting on my phone, but actually giving me value. You know, there's some mortgage apps out there that I feel maybe if you can con convince the consumer to download it and use it, they're going to delete it as soon as the, the transaction's over. It's like, okay, cool. That was helpful. I don't want this app on my phone. I'm done with it, right? What FinLocker has created gives consumers a reason to continue to use the app during, you know, before, let's just say well before the process starts, during the transaction, after the transaction, so you can actually live on their phone and they're not just waiting to delete it as soon as the transaction is done. Staying in front of those customers is critical. Tech can do that for you. FinLocker is solving that issue. Uh, lead follow-up again the crm component is critical 
Uh, I like some of the lead follow-up services that are out there, though, as well. So you've got that in place. Most loan officers are not great on the phones. They're not good with cold Internet leads. They're much more comfortable with referrals from realtors, which is understandable. But a referral from an agent is a completely different animal than a lead you just captured off of off of even Google ads or Facebook ads. Just right. different experience. You talk to them different. You follow up different. You put more effort into it. You call a number of times. There's a whole cadence you have to have. So there's some some companies that are, even though they're people-powered, they use tech to empower what they're doing, what their uh, appointment setting conversations look like, their emails. You know, uh, the folks at Verse or something, I'll just drop their name because I'm a fan of them. So these are, these are different pieces of the puzzle that I think you want to have in place. You know, you capture the lead with a solution like Lead Pops. You follow up and you, you use CRM with a great CRM. That, uh, there are several of them out there. I'm not going to list any of them, but there's a few of them out there that I like. Staying in front of that consumer, the entire part of that process is critical, um, which Finlocker solves. Uh, Verse is a great solution for calling and following up with your leads. So, hey, maybe your CRM is great for managing your relationships. It kicks off some good automation, but robots and automation still can't replace how good people are in follow-up and the nuance and knowing how to say, oh, that was a kind of a, that looks like that was like I was being sarcastic. I'm not going to just respond with some robot automation you know because he's gonna things that people can solve and tell right now are really important in that part of the process tech isn't there yet where it can replace people so those are some of my favorites when you look at like a tech stack i think it solves a lot of the puzzle and then uh, as far as the loan process and the pos systems that are out there something like flowify or some of these other solutions that are out there are pretty solid uh, you can't go wrong with that. Once you've generated that lead and the customer's actually going into the loan process, I think those are pretty solid. But that's kind of my my high-level overview of what I think LOs need. Besides, obviously, um, you know, after the transaction stuff and, and ongoing, uh, you know, there's there's different solutions for that. Um, what are your thoughts? So I, I think you hit on a, a, a bunch of things that I agree with. I think I think the key... When I think about the tech stack, it's I, I try to think about it in terms of the customer experience. And you want to have a cohesive experience from a handoff to handoff. You don't want to feel like you're, you know, you're going into a home that's been remodeled 14 times and each wing has its own, you know, unique look and feel. Might be cool, but 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 it's not going to be for everybody. And I think um, that's one of the challenges, you know, we have in our industry is there are so many great technologies that stand alone and, and have, you know, greatness on their own. It's how do you put them together? Which ones allow you to have some customization or uniqueness that, that you can create kind of a blended experience. Um, and, you know, and I think that's when you, when you look at what, what Ellie Mae has been building over time with, with how they've been bringing in all these solutions, they're clearly focused on creating that, that, that end to end, experience not only for the originator but for the consumers underneath and i think what we all have to figure out both as technology partners and then as consumers of that technology are which are the best partners to work with that's going to give me uh, an experience for my consumer that doesn't break the bank because there are a lot of small companies that operate on you know pretty um, modest budgets and so you know i think you know finding those partners and, and again aligning that consumer experience is super important so I, I want to end this um, with, a, with a kind of a personal question or, or more of a business and personal question. Just, you know, we've got a few minutes left. What should, what should our audience know about Andrew uh, besides the fact that you're, you've got two beautiful young children, uh, 
a new one here in the last, what, 10 months, six months, something like that. <laughs> She's about to be five months old. Five months old. It's crazy. Um, so maybe give us a little, little glimpse into the life uh, of Andrew away from lead pops. Okay, cool. I can do that uh, curveball, but I'm happy to uh, share a little bit. So, you know, I'm, I'm a newer dad, like not brand new, brand new. I've got a two and a half year old and a almost five month old. So uh, the, the, it's been um, new, a lot of new experiences and, and learning and, and figuring out what's really the most important in my life. I've really gone through a lot of that, honestly, in the last several months, especially since the new one came. Uh, and the two-year-old really became that age where, like, we're connected, we're buddies. Yeah. Being a good dad, I realized, when, especially when the, two month, or the new one came, that she needs me more than ever now. She's got her mom focused on the new baby, which that's a struggle for them because I can see how uh, you know it hurts mom's sad for mom in a way that she wants to give the two-year-old as much attention as she used to, but she needs the new baby. So this kid needs me more than ever. Right. And I, it's so important for me to be a, a good CEO, but it's as important or more important for me to be as good as at being a dad as it is uh, running this company and being successful at lead pops. And I didn't realize that at first, when I first had the, the first baby and it was completely new, I'm like, what have I done? I just ruined my life. I I'm serious. It took me a bit of time. It took me about a year and a half to really be like, all right, she's pretty cool. She's funny. Yeah. She's cute. All of a sudden I'm like, I adore this girl. Like she is, she is my world. And it's weird how that happens. Cause I always heard people talking that way about their kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I love my dog. My dog's the best. I'm never going to love my kid as much as I love my dog. But all of a sudden, this whole thing took place and it has become really important for me. And it's actually a reason people may have noticed I kind of dropped off a lot off of social media. And it's because there's only so much time in the day. And I don't want to be staring at my phone really at all. I've learned to really I don't even have my phone out when, when I'm with my kid because I'm here till almost five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and when I get home, I only have about two or three hours with her. And I want that time to be like focused, daddy, fun time. I like put on an alter ego. I'm a different character at home than I am here at, at work because that's like what she needs and she loves it and it's fun. So on a personal note, I've had a, a lot of personal growth, I think, because uh, it's a little resentful about this whole baby situation when it first <laughs> happened. And I'm like, dude, this is not what I want to be doing. She's crying. Someone take her. I don't know where to put her. I'm like. Now it's like, this is my homie. I want to yeah. spend as much time with her as I can while still obviously running lead pops. But I, I've learned how to really turn it off. Where at first I, I was doubtful of my ability to do that, especially when she's younger and not as interactive. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, she's just sitting there staring at the wall, whatever, like doing her own thing. I can do my phone stuff and like do this and that. Now it's like, she's watching me every right. minute. And like, I've just, you know, hasn't even been like something I had to do forcefully with myself. It's just been a very natural, like, okay, it's dad time and I need to be an amazing dad because that's just, I mean, it's more important than, than the business. And i love the business yeah. is my thing, but I mean, you probably understand being a father. You know, yeah. I'm a little bit ahead of you, um, a few decades ahead of you, but it, it, it doesn't end. Um, you know, our youngest is 23 and so still, um, you know, very engaged with her in terms of, uh, you know, keeping on top of what she's up to. And, and it never ends. It just never ends. It just changes. Um, my observation, you know, kind of knowing you now for a few years and, and getting to know you pretty well, it, it, it feels like you kind of prepared yourself for this transition. And, 
and I don't even know if you knew it was going on, but it, I, I saw you as you've been building up your company, um, really delegate more work to your team and, and lean on your team. And I think it's, I, I would guess that they've naturally kind of stepped up in their roles, which has helped you kind of in this transition. So it's been a cool thing to watch. Um, super happy for you. Congratulations again. Um, companies are great and business is great, but there's nothing, nothing like, uh, like the family. So, uh, congratulations. And, and I, I appreciate the time you spent with us today, Andrew. Um, I'm, I'm, I guarantee our, our listeners are going to have some, some good takeaways and, um, thanks for, thanks for taking a chance on the maiden voyage of, uh, FinTech Fridays. Um, Share this around with your friends and family. Let's uh, let's get the uh, let's get the likes and eyeballs on this. So, thanks again for joining us, Andrew, and uh, look forward to having you back down the road. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you so much. Catch All you right. soon.